made this recording in 2018, headed over to Indianapolis, had a handful of Indianapolis area coaches present. And uh, Mike Kirchner here did three videos. And Mike Kirchner is a uh, longtime Hall of Fame coach in Indiana. At this time was at Ben Davis High School, uh, one of the largest high schools in Indiana and one of the most successful programs in the state as well. Uh, he's now moved on to Warren High School and doing a great job over there, but uh, he's an offensive line expert, a coaching expert. He did one on his program and uh, two on offensive line play. I think you'll enjoy them all. If you want to see these, uh, they're now on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out over there or our most recent stuff always releases to clinic.chiefpigskin.com. Hello, my name is Mike Kirscher. I'm the head football coach at Ben Davis High School. Um, been coaching for 30 plus years. I'm here to talk to you today about offensive line play, and on my first segment here, I'm going to talk about offensive run blocking and the importance of, of offensive run blocking as far as in teaching individual technique as it pertains to each type of block. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to start off with is the stance. When we're talking about stance, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in how the feet are done. I listened to Joe Tiller many, many years ago, and he talked about uh, offensive line play and the first thing he said is it's all about your feet you know you can have the big guys that bench press all this weight but it's all about the feet and so when you start talking about football and offensive line play you're talking about feet so we're talking about positioning and everybody talks about a nice balanced stance okay everybody's talking about feet positioned in a certain way I'm a big believer in, in a little bit more of a narrow stance I know some people get the real wide. Anytime you start getting your feet real wide, you have to bring your feet back in in order to get that stance you want. So let's get our kids to start in a stance that's straight. Next thing, get them to straighten everything out. Their knees are straight, their heels are straight. You'll see kids that are duck-footed. I call it duck-footed to get like this. They gotta be able to straighten their feet. This allows them to move right or left quickly. So we're talking about our feet and we're talking about this positioning. I'm gonna turn sideways here because. We talk about angles. We talk about power angles between the, the ankle, the knee, and the hips. So we're talking about this angles here. And so we're in this position and we're nice and balanced. I always talk about having the weight on the inside part of their feet, not on the outside, the inside, because that's how they're gonna push off when they decide to go right and left. So when we're starting about talking about stance, we take that drop foot, so I'm going to turn back this way. If we take that drop foot, we're going to turn that foot and drop it back ever so slightly. doesn't need to be this toe to heel. It's really a toe to instep or maybe not even that much. But we want it to be comfortable at the same time produce these power angles within it. Then we're going to talk about the hand placement. Hand placement is very important in this stance. We want that hand, we always talk about putting the fingertips on the ground. I see too many young kids get down their stance and they do this. They're barely touching that ground. That doesn't allow them to get their weight proportionally placed, all right, in, uh, on, the, on, the, on the rump here, the quads, the hamstrings, the glutes, everything like that. So we want to use the fingertips on the ground. That hand, when we're talking about the stance of an old lineman, is going to be placed just inside the knee. So we're not outside the knee, we're just inside the knee. Our offhand, our offhand is very important. I'm not one of those guys that likes that offhand sitting on the thigh. It's resting there. It's not a resting arm. It's a using arm. So we're going to take that hand. We tell our kids to put their wrist on the outside of that knee. So that hand is now in a striking position as we go through our stance. 
One thing I always tell a good young kid when he's first talking about stance is he always asks, how far out should the hand be? I ought to be able to put my hand on the ground, all right, and pick it up and not lose balance and be able to stay in this position without losing balance. The second thing, the distance between my elbow and my knee should be the distance between my thumb and my little finger as I go down. So if I'm in this position, the distance between my thumb and or my thumb and my little finger is the distance between my elbow and my knee. That's how far out I should put that hand. Heels. I'm not a guy that believes that the heels were going to roll up. All right, that's too much weight forward. I want just a slight raising of the heel. Ba barely slide a piece of paper under. So when I'm in this position, there's just a slight because I want just a little bit of that upward movement on the inside balls of my feet from my stance position. So I'm in here like this, and there's a slight raise. So now, my back is flat, my butt is right where it belongs, everything's flat, I'm gonna bowl the neck, I'm gonna bowl the neck up, I'm gonna be able to see through the top of my, my face mask here, and I'm in this nice, straight line. Kids who cannot get their feet in this straight line, because they're like this, probably are the same kids that have trouble squatting, are the same kids that have troubles cleaning, and are the same kids that have troubles running laterally, which is a block I'm going to talk about later on in our power pull. All right, so you've got to force your kids to get in this position. All right, one thing we do at home is we do wall sits. We do wall sits to force our kids to sit and get their back up against the wall, but get those knees quads, glutes, and everything going. So, <clears throat> coming out of your stance. So once you're in a good stance, once you've got that kid in a good stance and you've got them aligned the way you want, coming out of a good stance. Too many kids, as we know, overstride. And again, I'm gonna refer back to the key to being a good offensive lineman is feet. So if I can keep from overstriding, if I can keep my feet in this position, and I get that level, I'm gonna be in good shape. So I don't wanna overstride, I wanna be able to step. I know everybody talks about the four to six inch step. The four to six inch step, all great, all right? It's hard to get somebody to realize a four to six inch step. So to me, it's all about repetition. So if I'm down here in this stance and my first step is four to six, I should see my toe, my knee, and my chest in this line. It should be in this line right here. If you do that, you've taken a four to six inch step, all right? If I've taken too long of a step, you'll notice that my toe, my knee, and my chest are no longer in line. There's a difference in my alignment. So it's imperative that my initial movement is forward, but not up, all right? And I don't want to overstride. So I'm in this real tight four to six inch step. How we rep this, all right? is real quick, we get kids on lines. On a normal year, we'll have 15 to 20 offensive linemen on our team, all right? Because we're a big program, we have lots of kids. So we put them on a line. You put their feet just off of a line, all right? So say this foot, my back foot is four to six inches and the line is here, so we're gonna go set and we're gonna blow the wind and they're gonna pop that and that foot's gotta end up on the line. It's muscle memory. If you get your kids to constantly do this, the muscle memory begins to take place and it becomes a habit. But if all you expect to do is tell a kid to say, I want you to take a four inch step each time, he, that, the, the mind doesn't work like that. He's going to elongate his step. So we don't want to do that. So 
by keeping that power angle and that four to six inch, by keeping that power angle and popping that chest up, all right, we keep ourselves in a position that we won't get overrun. The next thing, and you'll notice I just did it, as I take that four to six inch step, I'm going to fire, some people call it firing the guns, put them in the holster, but I'm going to cock my arms so that my hands are becoming ready to get into a striking position. All right, so if I'm here like this, and I get that hand, and I take it, you'll notice that my hands immediately pop up. All right, my hands pop up, my chest pops up, and by shooting the, the putting the, the guns in the holster, as they say, I'm getting my hands, boom, in a ready position, ready to shoot and fire. So chest is up, bow the neck, eyes, all right? Joe Tiller, I'm going to refer to him a couple times here, not only talks about feet, but talks about eyes. Because my feet get me in position to make a play, my eyes tell me what to hit. So it's imperative that I'm able to see at the same time. <clears throat> contact. In the drive block, the contact. Too many people, and, and if you watch a lot of football, too many people when they make that step, step, and they're making that contact, get their hands here. It's natural. Your hands are wide. The wider the arms, the more likelihood you're going to get beat. We talk to our kids about squeezing elbows. All right, squeezing elbows. I want the elbows into my rib cage. I'll explain a little bit more here in a minute. I'm going to hit with my thumb up. So as I'm timing this pop, I'm going to hit with my thumb up and the heel of my hand and my elbows into my side. All right, so looking from the side, it looks like this. Looking from a front, it looks like this. You'll notice that by putting my thumb up and tilting back, my hands are in this striking position. By getting my elbows in, squeezing my elbows, okay? This is really important now. If I get my elbows wide, my hands get collapsed, which allows the defender into my body. If I get my elbows in, my elbows should lock into my rib cage when he goes to try to hit me which keeps my arms from going back, which keeps him from not unable to guide me. My elbows are in, so they're now fighting this position here. So it's imperative that my elbows are into my rib cage, my thumbs are back, and my hands are up. So we're talking about timing the pop here. So now, we come out of a stance, we take that four to six inch step, our next step, we're popping, all right? When we pop, when we hit, we're gonna get this power arch in our back. So if I'm in a hitting position, You'll notice that my thumbs are up, my elbows are in, my eyes are going to sight my target. So I'm going to see what I hit. So if, it's, if, if, if you're telling them to hit the numbers, I'm hitting the numbers. But the tighter I get my elbows, squeezing them, the closer I get my hands together, the more of an angle I'm going to have on timing the pop and keeping it in. Thumbs up, elbows in, keep your elbows squeezing to the side. Now, the way we teach... Uh, any kind of run block at Ben Davis High School is we call we call walk jog run. All right, kid has to be able to walk even at the high school level. We assume nothing. All right, so we're going to do everything in a reverse order. So the first thing I'm going to do in teaching just a basic drive block is we're going to get our kids in a fit position. So we're going to put a defensive lineman right here. Our kids are going to get into a fit position and they're going to feel what it's like to have the power arch in the back, the bend, good Z in the knee power angles, chest up with our hands right here. We're going to fit, all right? It's imperative they feel what it's like that you want them to do. So we're going to 
just start with our feet parallel in a perfect drive block position like this. All right, so we're going to talk with a fit. All right, once we've gone through the fits, we're going to go two point to a fit. Real simple. We back them off the ball just or back them off the man just a little bit. Defender's standing right here. So we back them off just like this. Their hands are like this. We say set, hit, and then boom, boom. They take two quick steps and they punch. And you'll notice thumbs up, elbows in, power angles. All right, so we back them up again. Two steps to a fit, set, hit. And they're taking two quick chops and they're making the pop. We're talking about fitting. So now we've gone from a fit, from a two point to a fit. Now we're gonna go stance to a fit. So now we get them down here in this good stance that we just talked about and they're gonna go boom, two quick steps up out of their stance. So fit, two point to a fit. And the third part of this is stance to a fit. All right, so we're working the process in reverse order. Just lining them up on a board and saying hit, all right, and then barking at them when they really don't know what it is you're exactly wanting them to do. They got to see it, they got to feel it, they got to be able to visualize it, and then they got to understand what you're trying to get them to do. So, stand, uh, fit, two point to a fit, stance to a fit. One thing we've added over the years is he wanted to get them to learn to snap their hip as they come up, is we do a knee to a fit. All right, so we put their right knee down and we're boom, and we're bringing that foot up and rolling that hip as we do it so we get the power from stepping through it. So we're down here like this and it's boom to a fit just like this. So eyes up, feet end up in a parallel position, fit stands to a fit, or I'm sorry, two point to a fit, stands to a fit, and if you want to roll the hip from a knee to a fit. Now, the next part of the drive block is the follow through. Getting your kids to understand not to elongate their steps, not to overstride, not to get their forward body lean. Kids that are top heavy, as they start to follow through the drive, will get pulled, all right, because they're, they're top heavy. They don't have the strength here. For linemen, if they're not squatting, cleaning, step ups, lunge walking, um, you're, you're, you're missing it. So it's, it's imperative that we, we get this lower body strength. There's not a kid on our front line that doesn't power clean 250 and doesn't squat a 400 plus. And, and I've been the head coach there 11 years. So now what we're gonna do is we're gonna put the blocker on a board. We, we love boards because it keeps our feet apart. We put the blocker on a board, we put the defender here and we lock them up. We lock them in a fit position, all right? And now we're just gonna walk them down the board. We're not gonna run them. We're not looking to see who can whip anybody. We're gonna get them to feel what it's like to take short choppy steps and walk them down the board from a fit position. So we're walking that lineman down the board. Again, fit them up, wide base, power angles, chest up, thumbs up, elbows in, and we're gonna walk them down that board just like this, taking short choppy steps. Pay attention to their feet. Are they keeping their feet on the turf? Are they keeping the screws in the ground? All right, don't let them get up on the balls of their feet. They lose balance, they lose power. We wanna keep the feet on the ground. Keep the screws in the ground. As we progress through this, we're gonna go through from a fit, from a fit, walking them down. We're gonna back them up. We're gonna go two point, boom. Fit it up on a two point and then walk them. All right, we're gonna go from a stance, fit, walk them, all right? So again, it's a process. This is early season stuff, but we got ready to play the state championship game this year 
And we were doing it the last week getting ready for the state championship. It's imperative that you constantly get their minds and their bodies rotating through this as much as possible. All right. Once we've gotten to the point where we understand the fit, we understand the walk, we'll then go to more of a, a live type thing. And again, we don't use defenders that are trying to win. That's, that's not the point. This is an offensive drill. So the defenders are just trying to give pressure and give resistance. We want them to be able to finish the block. Now, to reduce injuries, when we talk about use of finishing the block, we have these big purple mattresses we use at our high school that we're going to drive block the defender back. And as they get to the mattress, when we feel the defender is raising up out of his stance, he's getting ready to swim, he's getting ready to rip, he's getting ready to leave his base of power because he's decided which way it's going to go. We want to then accelerate our feet, roll our hips, and drive the guy over the top and finish it. We call it an OB or on back block. So we then fit them back up in this fit position, and we're going to walk them down the board, and we get ready to get to that mattress because we don't want them hitting grounds. All right, we want to keep everybody healthy. We walk them down that mattress. We get ready to hit that mattress. We walk them down the board. I'm sorry. We get ready to hit that mattress. I'm going to accelerate my feet, and I'm going to unlock my hips. By unlocking my hips, the minute that defender starts to make his move, if I unlock my hips and accelerate my feet, fast, choppy steps, he will lose his power, and that's when you put them on their back. So we'll start them in this nice fit position, and we'll start doing this, and all of a sudden they get to that mattress, he's going to accelerate and run it as hard as he can and as fast as he can, and if we do it right, he ends up putting the guy on the mattress. We do that simply for injury purposes for the defender. As you begin to run the block, if you pigeon toe your feet, if you can get a lineman to do this, if you can get him to kind of pigeon toe those feet just ever so slightly, it's huge in their ability to keep the weight on the inside as they begin that acceleration. It's hard to do, it's not a natural thing, all right, but if you can do it, it would help immensely. Now, I've already talked about a few of these. I'm gonna go through a few drills here real quick with the drive block. We've already talked about walk, jog, run. We do the mattress, all right? So they get the feel of finishing a block over the top. We do sleds, all right? Sleds are not only great conditioning techniques, but you can use a lot of just typical fundamentals. Uh, you get the sleds with the little pad on the inside. You're getting them to hit that little black pad on the inside. You're working feet, you're working angles, you're working base. We work shoots, all right? Keeping bodies down, pad level down, butt down, shoots. Everything's got to stay low. The last thing we do on the drive block is we do it from a shade, all right? We don't get very many head-up players. We get some, but we'll angle the boards. We'll put the boards like this. We talk about with our players that when you're working a drive block from a shade alignment, you're, it's like you're walking up the stairs, here, 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 here. So we're literally working to a shade. We're working up, 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 up. We're working this stair step up, all right? So we'll do that. We'll angle the boards. We'll do the same thing. We'll, we'll go from a fit, two point to a fit, stands to a fit, and then we'll try to run them down the board. So we work shade to the right, shade to the left, and get all that done. Next thing in run blocking, that's it for the drive. I'm going to go through a series of other blocks that I think are very important and some techniques I've learned over the years that have really helped. Um, one thing I do know is that with offensive line play, it's all about 
getting, again, I've said this before, but it's all about getting our feet in the right spot to make a block. So I'm going to talk about reaching. So say I'm, a, I'm an offensive tackle and I'm going to reach a five technique. I got to reach an outside player. All right, that player's told that the one thing that DN is being told if he's a five tech is you can never get reached. You can't get hooked, you can't get reached, whatever terminology you use at your school, but you can't let somebody get outside of you and pin you back to the inside. So they're taught that the minute they see me start to step out, they're going to fight to my outside shoulder and maintain their gap. We understand that. I have learned over the years there's a technique that if you do this right, you have a chance. The first one is your steps. And, and, and how I do this, again, walk, jog, run. But when I walk it, I'm going to count it. I, I count it as a three count. One, two, three. So if I'm reaching a five technique that's sitting here, number one for me is going to be taking a four to six inch angle step to his outside. So I'm going to turn that foot so I start taking my step to the outside this way. So I'm taking this angle right here, four to six inches. If I do that again, I'm just taking, boom, I'm turning that angle. I'm heading to his outside shoulder. That, to me, that's the most important thing is I'm trying to get to his outside. The next step, what I call two, step two in the process, is the most important. It's taking my backside foot, not my play side. Here's my play side. I'm trying to get to his outside because the ball's going out there. So I'm, I'm taking this one. This is my play side foot. This is my backside foot. So once I take this first step, my second step is going to take this backside foot and it's going to step to the inside crotch middle of the defender. So I'm literally going to cross over and step. So I'm going to move this way just a little further. I'm here. I take that step. My second step is coming right here. I'm going to split the defender right down the middle. When I do that, I'm going to take my backside hand and I'm going to punch it to the middle of the chest plate of the defender. So I take my first step, second step at the same time. You notice my thumb is up and I'm going to punch to the inside chest of that defender. I got to stop his movement. I got to stop his movement. And this is where your tackles to me have to be very athletic young men. All right. Because once I take that first step and I take that second step, that's two. So one, two. My third one then is to finish the block. My third one is to get my play side hand and my play side foot outside his hip. So I'm going to go outside. So I'm in this position. Now I'm going to get this outside and I'm going to flip that hip. And when I do that, I'm going to take my third step. So I'm one, two. My third step's going to flip to his outside and I'm going to step and I'm going to punch or what I call post my outside arm. I'm going to post my outside arm to his shoulder. By doing that, I have, in, in essence, pinned him to the inside by going one, two, three. I pin him to the inside. Now, a <clears throat> couple things are going to happen here. When I try to pin him to the inside, he's going to try to get outside of me. He's going to try real hard to work across my face because that's what he's taught to do. We do a technique on this that's called stomp drag. All right, stomp drag. So once I get that defender where I've got him pinned to the inside right here, I'm going to stomp my upfield foot. I'm going to drag my back foot. All right. The reason we call it stomp is because I'm keeping that foot in the ground. And the reason I don't want to pick up my back foot is I do that, I bring my heels together. 
but if I drag my back foot, I'll keep that balance, what we call keeping a broomstick between your knees. Keep that level right here between your knees. So I'm in this position. I'm in this fighting position. I've got the defender pinned. The ball's going outside. He's trying to fight back across my face. So I'm going to punch. And as I punch my outside arm, all right, I'm going to stop my foot. So it's punch, stop, drag. Punch, stop, drag. Punch, stop, drag. All right, by doing that, I keep my body between the ball carrier out here and the defender here. So it's imperative that I understand that on my steps, all right, as I go one, two, three, that I'm in this position. Now, this post hand can actually help not just by leaning it on him. Get a hold of his outside shoulder pad and, and pull, push, pull, push, pull. Because you do that, you keep the defender off balance. He's always fighting to get his arm free, and you're push-pull, push-pull, push-pull as you fight to keep your, your leverage between the ball carrier and him. So I do this from a walk-jog-run, and the first thing I do is I'm just going to three-count them. I'm going to get him in their stance. I'm going to go one. All right, you'll notice that I've turned my foot at the angle. My chest is up, my knees Two, I'm going to punch the backside hand, bring the backside foot to the crotch of the defender. Three, I'm going to finish bringing my hips around and getting in this 45-degree position. All right, so I'm going to walk, jog, run this as I step. All right, as we continue with the, the reach block here, I've already talked about making sure you lock out that outside arm. It's imperative that that outside arm locks out and, and, and you get that angle position. But here's what the defenders are being taught. One, don't get hooked, don't get reached. So they're taught to fight across your face. So what I tell my players, if we get in a situation in the game where I've taken step one, step two, and he starts to skate outside, all right, our backs are taught that you have to read that a little bit, all right? Sometimes that defensive end is pretty good, all right? Sometimes he's made a decision, he knows what we're doing. He's, if we get a DN that skates to the outside, we're going to flip our backside hip. So I'm here, I'm counting it, one, two, the defensive end, I can't get the hook, defensive end skates, we turn our hips, and we begin to run the guy to the outside. We're going to let the back figure out where to cut from there. We're not going to lose the play by letting him go. We're going to block him and run him down through. So we can either hook him or we can run him if he skates. The ideal thing is to do is hook him. Now, how to teach this in a progression is, um, I've already talked about posting it, but what I'll do is I'll start them in the finished fit position. The finished fit position where I've already got my angle, the ball's going to the outside, I've cut off my 45, I'm in a fit position. All right, and I'm gonna try to get this defender to cross his face. And by doing that, I'm telling the defender to work hard. You're gonna have to work hard to get across, and we're gonna punch, stop, drag, punch, stop, drag, punch, stop, drag. We're gonna do it from a fit. Then I'm gonna bring it back from a stance, all right, uh, from, a from a two point or even a stance, and we're gonna count it one, two, three, and then try to get him to drive across. The last thing we're gonna do is we're gonna go live. This is one of those I really believe as much live as you can go is better, but I'm gonna be the one who dictates what the DN does. I'm not, because if a DN, if you just let them, they're gonna take the path of least resistance, especially if you're going O-line versus O-line. So as a coach, I may get an offensive guy here and an offensive guy here and two D linemen, and I'm going to say, all right, this time you two are skating to the outside. 
This time, you're going to try to fight, and you're going to get hooked, and then try to fight back across his face. That way, we're working the skate technique, we're working the stomp drag technique, and we're working from a live situation. Next one, combo blocks. I, 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 best block in football. All right, we're a two-on-one situation where we're trying to block first-level defender with two offensive linemen working to second-level defender um, and, and the keys that go into a combo block. You got to get your kids to understand, and again, walk, jog, run, but we're going to fit. So if I'm, if I'm working, I'm the guard, and I'm working with a tackle, and we're blocking a three technique who's sitting right here, all right? I'm working a half a man. He's working a half a man. So the two of us are playing half a man to second level defender, all right? Both blockers have to understand they have to get movement. Too often what happens is, I think I got help, so I let him do the work. It, it's imperative these two work in tandem. And so what we talk about is getting foot to foot, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder. So the defender on this side is foot to foot, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder. So we're working together, and our feet are like this. Now, you'll notice that my other foot is back, all right? I am not one that puts all four hands on the down man. Here's, here, here's what I've learned over the years, and I've worked with some uh, Art Keo down at Miami of Florida. I've worked with Ed Ogeron at LSU. I've had the pleasure of working with these guys at, at different times. But the minute you put both hands on the defender, you'll notice what happens to my shoulder. It turns. The minute my shoulder turns, if a linebacker is running through, if that's my second level defender that I have to come off and block, in order for me to come off, I have to turn and step and react. I'm now one step behind and I'm not gonna block that linebacker. So by keeping foot to foot, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, and keeping my hand, you notice my hands up, thumbs up, I'm still hitting here. If I'm the other guy, hip to hip, foot, or foot to foot, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, this hand's up, so he's blocking with his left, I'm blocking with my right here. I've dropped this foot back. It allows multiple things. Number one, it allows me to see. If I put my hands on the defender, my eyes immediately go to the first level defender. By keeping my head this way, my eyes are this way. I can now see the field. Same with my partner that we're working the combo block together. I can see the field. I can see that second level defender coming through and reacting. All right. It also allows me to step off quickly if the second level defender shows quickly. If, if I've turned and put both hands on the down man, I go to step off, okay? I go to step off. I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm a step slow. This way, I'm now. I'm already there. My shoulders are square. I'm already in a position. So we're going to work a fit drill in our combo where put a defensive three tech, D tackle there. Me and my partner get foot to foot, hip to hip, and we're working this, this drill here. And you'll notice that I'm, I'm popping this foot, I'm stomping this foot, but I'm dragging my back foot. And we're working on just getting movement with this right here, but keeping our shoulders square and our back foot back. Nice angle with the hips, all right? That allows us to come off on the defender really well. <clears throat> now, getting to second level defender. One, your offensive lineman has to know where the ball's going. If the ball's going somewhere to the outside, chances are the person that comes off is the guy where the ball's going. So if the ball's going this way, chances are this guy's coming off. That's why they have to understand where the ball is going, not just we're running a specific play. So if the second level defender flashes 
and this guy comes off, he makes a, a, a me, me, me call, all right? Meaning he's going to the second level defender. I'm then going to overtake level one. What happens now is I become that hook guy, that reach guy. This is tough to do now. takes a lot of practice. So we're in here in this combo block like this, and we're working this guy, and all of a sudden my partner leaves. My partner goes to second level. I then got to pop, pop. I'm going to immediately take that backside hand that hasn't been on him, and I'm going to punch into his chest plate, and I'm going to work to get to the outside and get in that stomp and drag that we talked about in the reach. Now, one thing I forgot to mention that will help in the, in the movement, this, this is really key, in the movement of the first level defender. If we're in this fit position, we're down here like this, good power arch, and we're doing this, if you take that outside arm that you're not using yet and you pump it like you're running, all right, that creates power, all right? Don't let that arm hang there. Use that arm and create power as you're running that guy back as fast as you can, all right? Once your partner leaves, goes to second level defender, he makes the call, I'm going to overtake. I'm going to stop, pop, punch, get that outside arm, and reach him. My partner who left, so now I'm the guy who's leaving for the second level defender, so I'm working here really hard with him, and I see the linebacker show. What we tell them is you're, one, the linebacker's just a better athlete. That's why he's a linebacker and you're a lineman. Taking the best way possible. Don't, ideally, if the ball's going outside of us, we'd like to get to his outside shoulder and pin him to the inside. That would be the ideal block. He's probably already figured that out, and he's taking an angle to get him there. We may just have to skate him out. So if, I get he, if I'm here, I'm in this position, I'm working him up, and I see him and he's taking off that way, I get on that shoulder, I lock the arms on that shoulder, and I run him to the outside. Again, we tell him to take the path of least resistance, let the running back make a decision. Combo blocks. Last thing here is work real hard from a fit position. We always start this with a fit. Make sure you're using defenders that will give some resistance. It, it doesn't do any good for the guy just to flop and go backwards. But work real hard on keeping this angle and then make sure your, your eyes are where they're supposed to be. So when we start this, we do it just with a down lineman. Get movement on the down lineman from a fit position. Then we add the down lineman and the linebacker from a fit so they can see a linebacker. And I'll always direct the linebacker on which way to go. All right, if he goes this way, he's coming off, he's scooping. If he goes this way, he's coming off, he's scooping. And we're working this all the time. We're just working this tandem together. So we're going to do it from a fit with just a D lineman, a fit with a D lineman and a linebacker. I dictate where he goes, and then, a, and, and then two point to a fit, stance to a fit, and it's all about footwork, working these, these angles with the, the hips, the shoulders staying square, and make sure they do not bury their second hand and eyes into the down defender, first level defender. If they do, they will not be able to react to second level. Next block is the trap block. Huge block, all right? Um, I don't know how many people have thought about this. We, we see two kinds of defenses. We see a defense that crowds the football. You know, the four-man front that wants to take as much turf as they can. And we see the defense that's a slanting read 50 defense. Uh, they call it 3-4. When I was a kid, we called it a slant 50, all right? <clears throat> but we got a slant 50 defense where they're a yard off the ball. They immediately are a yard. If, if the ball's here, they're a yard off the ball all right, and they're going to take that step, and if you're going this way, they redirect and come back around. So it's a, it's a mix of two different defenses. We adjust our alignment of our guards and tackles based on the defense. So if they're a four-man crowding defense, 
We're going to get our four linemen, obviously the center's on the ball, we're going to get our four linemen as deep as possible. All right? The rule says the helmet has to break the hip of the center or the belt of the center. And that's what we do. So we're, if you're up on the ball, we're kind of a yard off the ball. If you're a yard off the ball, we're up on the ball. All right? We're not going to let you dictate what you want to do. See, when they're a yard off the ball, they want you to be as deep as you can. That gives them more time to make their slants and moves. When they're up on the ball, they want you to be up on the ball. So they got more, so you can't get into them and adjust. So we're going to back ourselves up. Well, this is how the trap works really good for us. If you're a four-man front, we're going to trap a three-tech. And we're going to, our base rule is we're going to trap the first man outside the, outside the guard. So say we're trapping a three and you're a four-man front. When you work in that mesh between the center and guard on the trap, it's imperative that you take that step, that angle step between you and the center. And I've talked about a minute ago, if my alignment with my guard is the way it should be, trying to trap a three, I won't run into the center. The biggest mistake people make is they take that foot and they open it up. Much like a counter pull, they're trying to open that hip. When you do that, you come underneath and the defensive tackle, if he's trained right, he will close hard and flat and get underneath you because the trap is going to hit off your butt. So it's imperative that you take an angle that works, what I always tell the kids, works into the line of scrimmage. And I'm going to show you something I do that kind of helps this on the trap and the power. My second step, so if I take that first step at an angle and I'm working this way, so you're working, I always tell them, work at a 45. Don't work flat. Work at a 45 in the line of scrimmage. My second step then is going to take it and it's going to split. I tell them to aim and split the crotch of the center. So I take that first step here. My second one, I'm going right to the crotch of the center who should be working a down block this way. He should be working a down block. If I stay on this track, the only alternative that defensive tackle has is to come this way, which then allows me to punch and turn him out as we make that fit for the back to cut off our block. The mistake uh, guards make on the trap is they open their hips and get this way and then try to turn back into it and he gets underneath you. He's a pretty, D-tackles are pretty good athletes. So we're going to work on getting that up in there. And then once I get there and I get here, I want to get, I want to work my head up the field. I want to stay on this side. If he, if he tries to run this way, I'm going to turn and run him off. He's already out of the play. If he tries to cross my face, all right, and I keep working my head up the field, I keep working that angle, I stay at that 45 that we talked about earlier. Now, with the centers, we do this as a, as a tandem drill, or a, we do the center and both guards. So I got a guard ripping up. You're going to teach your backside guard very much like a midline guard, all right, in that he's going to rip up on an inside backer, all right? He's got to avoid that three technique. So the one thing I talk to him about here is, is, is dipping the hip. So if I'm this guard and I'm getting ready to rip up to a linebacker or second level defender, I'm going to dip this I'm going to dip that hip, all right? I'm going to avoid contact. I'm going to dip that hip here, and I'm going to rip up as I go to the second level and find my linebacker I'm going to block. That gets your butt out of the way and clears the path. The center is going to work a down block to the backside uh, one technique or backside D tackle for the guard who's going to trap. All right, we always tell them, after the snap, you're going to take that step here. If your alignment is correct by your offensive guard, he doesn't have to worry about how much up the field he's got to get because you've worked the guard to get deep enough in his stance that the center has room to work this way to get flat. 
okay? So the center is going to work flat. He's going to work to get his head across the tackle's chest, all right? He works to get his head this way and drive him down the line. Take him down the line. This guard cuts through. This guard rips up, and we go. Now, to get my guards, all right, to follow the right step, all right, so I want this first step at a 45. The one thing I'll do is if his foot's here, I come up and put my foot right behind his heel. So his first step's got to be this way. He can't step back because he steps on the coach, all right? I'm always doing something where I can put a foot there and get them to step in a certain way, all right? Again, muscle memory, get them to think about it. Here's something else that helps them step with the correct foot and step the right way. If they're in their normal stance, all right, and they're down here like this, the weight is distributed proportionally on both feet, okay? But if I know I'm trapping to my right and I slightly shift my weight to this foot, all right, I shift it to the back foot, in this case my left, I'm automatically know I got to push off that foot because I've shifted my weight here and my weight's not on this foot. I'm not giving anything away. I'm not lifting the foot up. I'm just consciously putting more weight, in this case on my left foot, so I can trap to my right. Again, I think the key to trapping, it starts with your alignment. Understanding where you're at, depth off the ball, and where the mesh is. The second part is taking an angle into the line of scrimmage and not getting flat down the line. All right, and then following that up with proper steps. Next, power pull. I love the power play, one of my favorites. Here's why. I get a combo block on the play side, I get a block back by the center, and I'm going to pull an athletic guard up on second level. Pre-snap. Guard pre-snap has to know who the second level defender he hopes to block is. But here's the rule. Never pass another colored jersey to get to the one you want to block. I've seen it too many times. I'm pulling for number 51 out here, and there's 52 standing over here. And as I'm pulling, I see 52. He crosses my face, but I say, you know what? That's not the guy I got. So I go and block 51 while 52 is killing the back. Never let an opponent jersey cross your face. I'd rather get no yards than get thrown for a loss. All right? If we, if we get the guy at the point of attack blocked, even if it's not the guy we were pulling for, we have a chance for a positive play. So on a power pull. Again, it starts with your stance. There, there are skip pulls. There are all kinds. I teach lateral run. All right, I teach lateral run. The reason I teach lateral run is it keeps my shoulders square so my eyes are up the field so I'm seeing the defense and everything that's happened in front of me. So I get a combo by play side. They combo guard and tackle, combo back um, to the three tech, back to the backside inside. Guard blocks back for the puller. Backside tackle now is going to step and secure B gap and he's going to hinge for the defensive end coming off the edge. So I'm the puller. I don't, again, I don't teach my kids to open up when they pull. When you open up, your shoulders turn and you can't see. So we're going to lateral run. So my first step on a power pull, my first step is to take my right foot, if I'm pulling to my right, and to take a lateral step. And again, I should not get in the way of the center because by alignment, my helmet is at his hip by alignment. So as he works this way, I'm working this way, all right? So I know a lot of people teach this and skip, and, but we're just, we're just lateral running by alignment. So I'm going to put my foot right here on his heel so he has to step this way. He's going to take that first step. Then I'm going to lateral run, all right? As I do this, I'm going to lateral run with my shoulders square, eyeing my target, all right? Now, how do you know where you fit? I, this is the rule of thumb. 
First open gap past the guard. So if I'm pulling to the right, the first open gap past that guard, I'm turning up into. I'm turning up. And as I turn up, as I take that and I turn up, I turn up, my shoulders are square, and I'm working up into the line of scrimmage, and I'm finding the guy. He will appear. He's been trained that he's reading that back in the backfield. That back pops in. He sees that he's coming. He will appear. I teach them to block the guy any direction they feel is necessary or easy for them. Don't, don't try to. Ideally, we'd like to get them a certain way, but we're going to block them whichever way is easiest for the offensive lineman and let the back do his work. All right? Keep shoulders square. I already talked about that. Take second level defender anywhere he wants to go. Don't assume you've got to get to his shoulder. Or get, if you can get to his outside shoulder, we're good. If you can't, we won't. Uh, we'll take him any way he goes. But again, that first step, if you put your heel here, he's going to take that and we're going to lateral run. We're going to keep our shoulders square and we're going to go down that line and fit. Now, how we rep this in practice is we're going to rep probably four of the five. We may not do the backside tackle on this, but we're going to work a combo. I, the reason I work all of them is I want them to see what it's like when it's a mess. All right, where's the fit when it's a mess? Are you fitting outside the tackle because the tackle and guard have a perfect combo going down the line? Are you working inside the guard because they gave us a, a two technique so the guard popped back and the tackle replaced and or the tackle blocked out and we're fitting up in the B gap real hard. So by using the mesh, depending on who you're playing and using all four linemen, the guard gets to see what it's like when it's all cluttered in front of him. That way in a game, he's not surprised when there's a whole bunch of people standing there all at one time. All right, that was it for that one.